Hello, this is Chris Jansen. My website is called endevil.life. This show is dedicated to ending evil whenever and wherever possible. What is evil? Evil is the destruction of freedom. If you love freedom, if you search diligently for truth, then this is a good show for you. Together, we can employ our imagination and creativity in order to work towards a world without evil. The first thing that needs to go is the religion of authority. This show is inspired by the work of Mark Passio from WhatOnEarthIsHappening.com and the book, The End of All Evil, by Jeremy Locke. Today, we're going to look into the idea of collectivism and discuss why it is a terrible and horrible, no-good ideology. Have you seen Star Trek? Borg are some of the most feared enemies of the Star Trek crew. The Borg have no individual souls. Instead, they're part of a collective, belonging to a mother much like a beehive. The Borg collected people from all over the universe, stolen from every culture, and implanted their slaves with mechanical parts to augment and control them. The Borg are a symbol of the idea of collectivism. This is the idea that the individual gives up power and gives up choice in order to serve the whims and needs of the wants of the, of the greater of the mind, you know, the collective of the mind. In the Borg, it was this brain that was held in this one feminine-looking creature. But in the real world, it takes the form of authority and government. This presentation is meant to ask you, as the listener, some questions. Do we live in a collectivist society? What are the dangers of collectivism? Do you want to live in a collectivist society? And last, how do we live in an individualist society? Today, I'm going to start with some definitions because that's a good place to start to describe in a trivium style, what are we talking about? Well, if we look up collectivism in the Cambridge Dictionary, it is called a political system in which a country's land and industry are owned and managed by a government or by all of its citizens together. Collectivism any of several types of social organization in which the individual is seen as being subordinate to a social collectivity, such as a state, a nation, a race, or a social class. Collectivism may be contrasted with individualism, in which the rights and interests of the individual are emphasized. Um, Early influential collectivist ideas came from Jean-Jacques Rousseau, and then later from German philosopher G. Hegel. 
who argued that the individual realizes his true being and freedom only in unqualified submission to the laws of the nation-state. Um, Hegel believed that that was the highest embodiment of social morality. Then along comes Karl Marx, who later provided the collectivist view and um, that led to many of the governments we know around the world using... Um, his quote is from Karl Marx. It's not men's consciousness which determines their being, but their social being which determines their consciousness. So rather than having your own thoughts, he believed that your thoughts are provided for you by the government, basically. And for some reason, a lot of people agreed with this type of thinking, probably in the hopes of making a better world, like I'm discussing, they think that by all working together, we could create a better system, which sounds good in theory. However, when it's put in the place of allowing people in positions of authority or gangs to rule over the rest of the people, it never works out. Um, also, I'm still reading from the Cambridge Dictionary. Um Oh, I'm sorry, this is from Britannica Online. Collectivism has found varying degrees of expression in the 20th century in movements such as socialism, communism, and fascism. The least collectivist of these is social democracy, which seeks to reduce the inequities of unrestrained capitalism by government and regulation, government regulation, redistribution of income, and varying degrees of planning in public ownership. In communist systems, collectivism is carried to its furthest extreme with a minimum of private ownership and a maximum of planned economy. So there, from this, um, Britannica's description, you have on the one hand the one extreme, which is communism, which, you know, the government's planning everything, and then you have the other end of collectivism, which is democracy, which is sort of the style of government that we have here in the United States, where I live, which people imagine as freedom. However, freedom is not a part of collectivism, as we will see when we get deeper in. So, order following and the religion of authority. This is from History.com, an article titled, Eight Things You Should Know About World War II. According to some estimates, the Soviet barrier troops may have killed as many as 150,000 of their own men over the course of the war, including some 15,000 during the Battle of Stalingrad. After seeing millions of Soviet troops captured in the early days of German Blitzkrieg, Joseph Stalin issued Order Number 270, which proclaimed that any troops who surrendered or allowed themselves to be captured were traitors in the eyes of the law and would be executed if they ever returned to the Soviet Union. The dictator later upped the ante with Order Number 227, better known as the not-one-step-backward rule, which decreed that cowards were to be liquidated on the spot under this order, any troops who retreated 
were to be shelled or gunned down by the so-called blocking detachments, special units who were positioned behind their own lines and charged with shooting any soldier who tried to flee. Stalin's draconian orders were designed to increase the Red Army's fighting spirit, but they weren't empty threats. According to some estimates, Soviet barrier troops may have killed as many as 150,000 of their own men in the course of the war. So we can see here part of the problem with collectivism by allowing um, a Stalin or a Hitler or a ruler of any type they begin to have this incredible amount of power that they can wield. And even in a state of war, they can basically just send out people by the droves to get destroyed by uh, weaponry. And that is often what happened in World War II, as I understand. Um, humans were basically thrown in front of machine guns en masse until there were enough to just overtake it in some of these cases in Russia. Now, that's not really what you and I dream of as being a good way to live, getting thrown in front of machine guns. And luck, unluck, I mean, luckily, we're not facing that type of situation at the moment, but it can get worse very quickly. So this is a warning. A major problem with collectivism is that it creates a value system that accepts the loss of human life all too easily. When the group is seen as more valuable than one individual, one individual loses importance and value. In order to protect the collective, one Borg is expendable. To the hive mother, all Borg are important, but they are not individually important or accountable any more than necessary to carry out the vision or the mission from the mother brain. So, do we want to be like the Borg? Well, let's take a, talk a little bit about socialism. Socialism. A system of society or group living in which there is no private property. Another definition. A system or condition of society in which the means of production are owned and controlled by the state. Socialism has been prop, you know, propagandized around the world in different places as a great thing. And that goes back to um, Karl Marx, like I just described earlier. People have this utopian idea of us all living and sharing. The problem is power corrupts, and it never works out quite as people imagine. So the next um, slide I'm going to share with you is a good example of what I'm discussing. There are many times in history where groups of people attempt to control or own other piece groups of people, if not the entire world. We can think of many times in history when people have tried to conquer the world and come very um, close. In modern day it seems very likely that the world is conquered by the submissive state of human beings. Some of the ways that's been done 
is through a vast network of a treacherous vast network that works on things like socialism. One of these groups is called the Fabian Society. So this is from um, modernhistoryproject.org. The subversive nature of the Fabian Project is illustrated by the Fabian Window, a stained glass composition showing Fabian leaders Edward R. Pease, Sidney Webb, and Bernard Shaw in the green coat, forging a new world out of the old. While other Fabians kneel worshipping worshipfully before a stack of Fabian writings. The window carries the logo. Remold it nearer to thy heart's desire. The last line from a a quatrain by the medieval Iranian poet Omar Khayyam, which reads, Dear love, couldst thou and I with fate conspire to grasp this sorry scheme of things entire? Would we not shatter it to bits and then remold it nearer to the heart's desire? This expresses the Fabian's plan to destroy and reconstruct, reconstruct society along Fabian lines. The Fabian window was commissioned by Bernard Shaw in 1910 is currently located at the London School of Economics. Um, this is according to uh, the website modernhistoryproject.org. I observed myself as I looked at this window a similarity. I began to think about the words of Aleister Crowley, do what thou wilt. This is the slogan repeated by Satanists and acted out by the default Satanists of most people of the world who are just living in the ego and doing what they care about, what they want about, without truly thinking about the responsibility that would be inherent in living in the type of utopian society that we try to imagine, where we all share and um, work together. How can that work when there are some people that believe that they can remold the world to their own desire or do whatever they want, like in Aleister Crowley's religion of Satanism or Thelema? Responsibility cannot ever be truly escaped, only ignored. Humans try to imagine a world working out where you can just sleep through life and let others call the shots and handle the gory details of attaining your goals or dictating what goals you're allowed to expect. The idea that one person has less power than a word on a piece of paper is preposterous, yet that pen and paper have cut down more humans than any sword or gun. Just because you believe in something and want it really bad does not necessarily mean that you can have what you imagine. Imagination is something amazing that can aid in things formerly thought impossible or unimaginable. One human life has infinite possibility to create and imagine. Groups like the Fabian Society have fought for decades to snuff out individual creativity, instead seeking safety in numbers and collectivism as a practice And unknowingly, in many cases, people are creating the perfect society of sheep. 
that are easily collected and cold by those with no morals and no true care for life itself. The exact people we need to hunt down or keep an eye on are given medals and badges of honor. Our leadership in the current form of government are the worst possible type of humans because we've created a funnel that puts the worst at the top. Collectivism as a mental construct cripples the individual and makes them easy prey for those who don't care about life or the earth or future generations, plants, animals. Just like the Borg, less human and more robot. More willing to follow orders and less likely to be creative and think of different options. Here's some examples. Here you see... Um, two so-called leaders of the world, people that are trying to change the world with Fabian-style, Crowley-style morals. We see Hillary Clinton here on the left saying, We must stop thinking of the individual and start thinking about what is best for society. Now that's straight out of the um, CFR Hillary Clinton, if you don't know, is a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. And that is the type of ideology being pushed by that group. Very similar to Adolf Hitler and the Nazis. Society needs to come before the individual's needs. So two glaring perfect examples of what we get from collectivism and the idea of collectivism that the group is more important than the single person you know these propagandists talking heads of our world preach the false ideal that what is best for the collective must must come first when the simple truth is that the best way for the all is each individual becoming aware of personal responsibility to evolve spiritually mentally and physically So, next, let's look at fascism. Fascism is a political philosophy, movement, or regime regime that exalts nation and often race above the individual, and that stands for centralized autocratic government headed by a dictatorial leader. Severe economic and social regimentation and forcible suppression of opposition. That's straight from... Merriam-Webster. So fascism is, that, fascism, is that something you think would be good for uh, leadership or bad? Well, fascism is a direct um, result of falling for socialism and communism. They're, they're, they just lead straight towards fascism. Here's a quote from Mao Zedong, another terrible... Um, cruel leader in history who said communism is not love communism is a hammer which we use to crush the enemy nice nice words that's the kind of person you want in charge right right Um, from an authoritarian or totalitarian leader's point of view, it's awesome to have a country of followers. 
that we'll follow orders and just do as told. That works out great for these type of people like Mao Zedong. With that type of control, a leader can have greater power and destroy other countries or people with much less trouble. Um, if you want to know a little bit about Mao Zedong, um, I just copied a little bit out of Wikipedia. Chinese Communist Revolutionary, who was the founder of the People's Republic of China. Ideologically, a Marxist-Leninist, his theories, military strategies, and political policies are collectively known as Maoism. Uh, There's a little bit of a philosophical difference between Maoism and Marxism-Leninism. However, in the end, they amount to the same thing. It is an extreme version of collectivism. Um, this leader responsible for the death of many, many people and stealing from many people. So not a good example of morality, a good example of the opposite, of evil. So now let's look at the other end of the coin. What does sovereign mean? Um, here are some couple different definitions I picked out um, from Merriam-Webster. One possessing or held to possess supreme political power. Two, this is also from Merriam-Webster, one that exercises supreme authority within a limited sphere. And three, a simple definition they had on uh, Free Dictionary, self-governing. So if you have not yet discovered this book, I highly recommend a book called entitled None Dare Call It Conspiracy by Gary Allen uh, with Larry Abraham. It's a book of great importance. And this is, um, I'm going to read a little summary about this book from a, a website called... Uh, newsofinterest.tv um, none, dare, none Dare Call It Conspiracy is a book of great importance. Having upset the ruling Western political establishment by exposing much of their secretive underlying history and agendas that control the political processes of the United States and much of the rest of the world. The book was light years ahead of its time when it was published in 1971. The information in the book is surprising, and it can even seem far-fetched to the uninitiated. However, the information is accurate and well-documented. The first few chapters of the book contain preparatory information meant to acclimate uninitiated readers, following by delving deeply into historical information explaining agendas of the little-known global elite. Surprisingly to many, the book shows how this group of establishment insiders has historically been responsible for secretively establishing and then supporting the totalitarian communist regimes in Russia, China, and much of the rest of the world, and is explained how globalist philosophies, which are currently being implemented 
call for a similar uniform system of government to eventually be imposed on the entire populace of the planet in a totalitarian new world order. Again, good place to look for speakers who love the new world order is the Council on Foreign Relations and members of the Council. And also from this website, it says what is happening in the United States and this website is, again, newsofinterest.tv. What is happening in the United States is a move towards power consolidation to an all-powerful socialist government that can squeeze out competition. To have a worldwide monopoly, there must be exist a worldwide socialist government. Communism is not about a movement of the downtrodden masses, but rather a movement created and manipulated by power-seeking billionaires in order to gain control of the world through eventually a great merger, consolidating the nations of the world into a single socialized body being controlled by the global elite through their private banks and the United Nations. The Borg, basically. The Collective. By creating the Borg or the Collective, these uh, elite, wealthy, family owned um, occultists and manipulators of the world have managed to convince people of this ideology that it's good to lose your own personal choice and to just do as you're told and in that way have now um, own and control vast parts of the world and it's down to a very, very small few of us are able to speak out against them. So that's why I'm here today with an evil podcast. So, check out the book, None Dare Call It Conspiracy. So let's look for a minute at individualism versus collectivism. On the side of individualism, you see freedom of religion. Though I am not at all a proponent of religion, if we were to stick to individualism, there is freedom to believe or do as you wish. Whereas in situations of collectivism, you're forced to believe in the religion of statism. And that religion is the belief that rulers can control and own other human beings. So... Even in the system in the United States where people believe in their voting, that their voting is choosing one ruler or another ruler, they're still believing in overall dogma and religion of statism, that it's okay to have these positions of authority who can make choices for large groups of people or more than one person as far as that goes. So um, on the side of individualism, we have freedom of choice. Every person can choose. And then on the side of collectivism, your choice becomes more and more limited to the point of being non-existent. And you're getting thrown in front of machine guns like we showed earlier in World War II. On the side of individualism, we have ownership of property. A very important concept if you look into anything based in freedom. Even libertarianism seemed to understand the basic idea of property. And if you own property, you start with your own body. 
and your own body is your property because you're born with it. So that would be believing in individualism, that you have choices, you have your own body which you can move, which is obvious. However, on the side of collectivism, your body is not your property. It belongs to the collective, it belongs to the government, whoever's in charge at the time. And a couple little pictures just to show what we've seen in collectivist extreme places in the world where socialism or communism take over, people waiting in bread lines and that type of thing. Whereas in places where there's a little bit more freedom, you have grocery stores with selection that are stocked with all kinds of different things. So that's just a quick little advertisement for um, individualism that, you know, isn't it nice to go to the grocery store and choose what you want? If we all contribute our value, we have the opportunity to uh, choose the most valuable thing. And agorist society could provide an active economy without the need of strict controls and um, insider trading and such. So um, I'm going to go now to a definition of collectivism by Jeremy Locke from The End of All Evil. Culture teaches the worthiness of the common good employed by force. It teaches that it is acceptable to issue law to advance a collective ideal. Whether to pay for a project or control behavior, compulsion is frequently labeled public interest. If these things are truly for the benefit of the people, why must they be forced in order to accomplish them? Remember the difference between principle and law. Principle requires no enforcement. No law is required in order for people to feed and shelter themselves. If something must be done by force in order to accomplish it, then it is not a good thing. It is only something that authority wants. That's Jeremy Locke from The End of All Evil. An inspiring book, an easy read, another um, one I recommend. So let's talk for a second about the New World Order. What does the New World Order look like? Well, it looks like a pyramid, a hierarchical structure. With those who have the illuminated eye, those who have the knowledge, the knowledge, up high above the rest. And then there's layers of their power structure. This particular um, picture I got from World Truth TV and the global elite leaders of the new world order revealed. And... Uh, it just displays for us, you know, some of those, these layers of power. We have the Crown Council, um, the Committee of 300, and then these powerful families with their think tanks, the United Nations, the Club of Rome, the Trilateral Commission, the Bilderberg Group, the Council on Foreign Relations, as I discussed formerly. You got world financial control through the, the financial systems. So you can see how it trickles down and trickles down 
until it gets down to the bottom where it says, you are here, and there's us, debt slaves. And as much as it hurts to hear those words, we are indeed slaves because we are owned. We're, there's a number attached to our name, whether it's a social security number, a passport, a driver ID, all these link us to this system of the New World Order, which is already well in play. It's not something for the future. It's something that's been going on for quite some time. So I thought that was a great um, picture that they had on World Truth TV, and you can check that out for yourself when you have time. It has some good description on it of how things are stacked up. It's something I see people having a lot of trouble um, really digesting because it's hard. It's hard to say you're a slave. No one wants to be a slave. And we should not want such a thing. So here's a quote from James A.C. Brown. Communism and fascism, although pulls apart in their intellectual content, are similar in this. They both have emotional appeal to the type of personality that takes pleasure in being submerged in a mass movement and submitting to superior authority. So a lot of people find it to be easy to be part of the crowd, to just go along with the flock, to just join the other sheep. And that's very common in our world, though it does not make it good. And something I've been repeating a lot in the past year is just because a lot of people think something, just because everybody thinks something does not make it correct or right. So here's another important point. Trickery is tricky. The lies have to be subtle to lure people in to fall for a trick. Governments, religions, and all authoritarians want to convince the masses to fall for their game. This requires a balance of distractions and the pretense of things being normal, just as they are. The biggest trick is that there's no such thing as a big conspiracy. The world's not being owned by a small group of death cult families over many generations. That can't be. But they do. They use every trick possible, and they know a lot of tricks from many years of studying and many years of testing. If there wasn't a such thing as a trick, if you weren't being tricked, how would you know it is another question I like to ask. Well, when you're in the state of being fooled or tricked, you don't know because it's a trick. So that's a pretty hard thing for folks to accept, just like accepting the fact that you're in the state of slavery because they own you. You're also being tricked. Sorry to say it, folks, but that is the case of the world we live in. If you want to learn and understand more about how that has come about, I'd recommend a book I'm currently listening to, which is a condensed version of Tragedy and Hope by Joseph Plummer, Tragedy and Hope 101. I'm going to give you a little bit of the intro in there so you kind of know what it's about. Tragedy and Hope, written by Carol Quigley, is an inside look at the workings of the global power elite. Joseph has interpreted and presented his summary of the work. 
Joseph claims that, quote, a small group of dominant men were able to secure control of local, national, continental, and even global policy. Though the power of this network is not complete, they are moving inexorably in that direction. Without increased awareness and resistance, their unelected and unaccountable global state will become a reality. And though the illusion of national sovereignty might be maintained, the freedom of the world's citizenry will be controlled within very narrow alternatives. Tragedy and Hope and uh, Plummer's condensed version of Tragedy and Hope is a great resource to understand the connections and of how this network that owns the world has gone about that and who some of the people are in this network. And it's all written down in various places. It can all be tracked. You can follow the money and the people have existed. So it just takes some time and energy to learn about these things if you're curious. And being curious is part of engaging the imagination. It's part of learning to see through the BS. So in terms of Star Trek, that would be understanding that there is a such thing as the Borg out there flying around in this big giant green cube looking to take over worlds and being prepared. So when they show up, they don't just um, assimilate you quite so easily. So that's why it's important for us to discuss these subjects. So another good quote from Jeremy Locke, The End of All Evil. Tyranny is disguised as culture and law. Everything that evil seeks is the destruction of freedom, to destroy the value of people. The pattern of tyranny is simple. The object is to enslave the minds of a people by creating a culture of obedience. To gain the obedience of people, there is a process that must be taken. This process is the pattern of tyranny. So how does it work? How do they do it? How do they keep pulling this off? Well, let's talk for a minute about fact versus fiction. I found a couple pictures on uh, Google Images here that sort of describe how what you see on your TV is not always what's happening behind. As you see up in the upper left-hand corner, we have uh, one man trying to get the other man with a knife. Yet on the camera, it looks the other way around. And then we have a picture of a newscaster in front of a city. Turns out he's just in front of a picture. So um, it's easy to create propaganda and trickery with modern technology. And it doesn't even take a lot of technology, as you see in this picture, to fool people. So people spend a lot of time on their screens, on televisions, and movies, and watching this media. So we can be aware that we are all susceptible to the manipulation of the television and the media. What I recommend is don't watch it at all. Spend your time reading books. Spend your time watching documentaries. Educate yourself. 
Uh, most everything on the television is a distraction. Like in the picture we shared before with trickery, a magician keeps you watching what's going on with this hand while they trick and do something sneaky with the other. So stop watching the hand of the magician. That's what media is. Almost all of it, most of it, it's very hard to find something that is not inundated with this type of trickery. The fingers of the vast wealth of the world are in every pocket. And so what I wanted to talk for a minute about some of the changes that have gone on in the last year and how that has affected us. Breaking news. There's coronavirus. If a virus could be a star, coronavirus is a shooting star. Never has a sickness or illness in history become so famous almost overnight. It captured the whole world's imagination. COVID showed up everywhere all at once. All the billboards, every banner on every single website in existence. The commercials, the announcements at the grocery stores, the gas stations. Everywhere you go, you're getting hit by propaganda. Why does this deadly disease need so much advertising? Why does it need so much media attention and propaganda? It has teams of talent agents all over the world repeating how deadly it is. Are you scared or excited? Maybe a little bit of both? You'd think just that amount of advertising would be enough to warn people that this is something to be concerned about. Why are they putting so much energy into advertising this thing? If it was just a real deadly thing and people were really all just getting sick of it, we wouldn't need billboards and advertisements to understand that it was real. You know, we would know it because we'd feel it and we'd be seeing the results all around us. Uh, a lot of people don't know about Event 201. If you haven't looked into Event 201, that's something I highly rec recommend. Uh, what will be the next boogeyman? boogeyman? Are you scared? The Event 201 is being publicly displayed, and it was no accident. This is like the guys who do the games with the three cups. You know, in the little ball. They, they know, you know that their goal is to trick you and take your money. And that's exactly what, what they're gonna do. They say, I'm gonna use sleight of hand, and I'm gonna trick you, and then I'm gonna take your money. So, that's what's going on in the world scene right now. They said, and this time, when this pandemic comes, we're gonna use it to clamp down and control people. We're gonna decide, this is in Event 201 where they basically said this out loud. We're going to decide how people think, and if they don't follow it, we're going to use violence to put down any insubordination. So that's very similar to the board. Resistance is futile. So study up on Event 201. I'd watch clips of it. Um, I recommend James Corbett. James Corbett is an awesome source of information and the first person I heard reporting about Event 201. So, we're getting close to the end of this presentation. Let's, uh, 
let's look at what's happened to most of the world. Most of the world has been assimilated. By following along with mandates without really thinking out who they're coming from or who did these studies or who proved these things work, people are just falling for the lure of doing what everybody else is doing because that's what you're supposed to do without really thinking about what really matters. And what really matters is freedom. And if you're being told that you have to stay indoors or you have to stay away from other people or you have to wear a mask, you're being assimilated. You're being fooled into believing the religion of Satanism, the religion of statism, the religion, the dogmatic belief of collectivism, that you should do what everybody else is doing because that's what the bosses said, because that's what your owners said. And that is not a good place to be as a people, and it's not a good place to be as an individual. So my request for you is please leave it to the donkeys. Don't be an ass. Being an ass is being servile. Giving up when the cube shows up. Joining the drones and putting their slave mask on your face and letting them control you. Don't be docile. Ask questions. Look deeper. Pay attention to your environment and the people around you. Stop watching the screens and start working on understanding what is causing the distractions on the screens. Look inside yourself to find the solutions. The answer on how to fix the collectivist movement and to stop being servile is to stop being gullible, to understand evil's tricks and tactics. We can become wise and take action to spoil the plans of the elite by creating our own better structure of mutual trust and cooperation, trading and building without coercion. The ultimate solution boils down to do as you would have others do unto you, which is understanding natural law. Understand the reality code that is built into our universe, the hermetic principles, and put simply, don't be an ass. Thanks for listening today to um, an evil presentation, and I hope it will help you um, in your discussions with other people and your own thinking. And I hope that you will be make more of a commitment to make your individual existence one of freedom and seeking truth and understanding what's going on in the world and help those around you. Don't trust in the Borg. Don't be assimilated. Be an individual. Thanks for coming. Please check out my more of my work on One Great Network, One Great Work Network dot com or EndEvil dot Life. And um, have a good day as you can, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for coming. <laughs>